0: Good afternoon, Frontline family. Welcome to everyone that has joined us online. We're excited to be with you all, and we are looking forward to worshiping our King together. Church, I have a great anticipation in my heart for what God is going to do in this place and wherever you find yourself today. So let's give everything of ourselves to Him in this time that we spend together. Let us focus our attention on the Savior of this world. Let's worship Him like never before, and may He be pleased with our offerings this afternoon. Church, we are doing things a little different due to load shedding. We are starting late today, so this is something new. But regardless of all of that, we are going to honor and glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together as we commit the service to Him. Father God, in all that we do today, we want to worship You, whether it's through our giving or the time that we spend in your word or in worship, it is our prayer that you would be glorified and magnified. You are the center of our attention and our affection today, and we want to welcome you in our midst. We are privileged to be able to gather together at your church to learn more about your amazing truths and your perfect will for our lives. And as it says in Psalm chapter 32, we pray that you would lead us along the best pathway for our lives advise us and watch over us father we pray that you would meet us in a way today that would change us and transform us so that we would be vessels that will reflect your glory in everything that we do and as i bring your word i pray that you would anoint my lips and the ears of those listening i ask this all in jesus name amen and amen well church is good to be with you this afternoon And today I have a word that I want to share with you that I've titled Compassion That Leads to Action. Compassion That Leads to Action. Since this year has begun, the Lord has been speaking to me about vision and direction, and what actions lead to these outcomes. I've had hundreds if not thousands of thoughts going through my mind for myself personally, for my family, for our church family, and the direction of our church. And it's almost as if the Lord has been leading me to become a bit more specific about the importance and the real meaning of vision and how you align yourself with vision. And what I want to share with you today, Church, is something that really impacted me when I understood the importance of compassion and how it leads to action and ultimately impacts direction and vision. There's a couple of Bible verses that I will make reference to this afternoon. But I first of all want to turn your attention to the story in John chapter 4 where Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. In this story, Jesus breaks all social, racial, and religious boundaries by firstly speaking to a woman and secondly by speaking to a Samaritan woman. A Jewish man just wouldn't do that. But Jesus, being the person that he is, was moved compassion by compassion for this woman and reveals her sin to her. And in doing so, he reveals that he's the Messiah and that the only water that you'll ever need is the living water that flows from him. This woman's life was altered in one moment of abnormal compassion. So much so that it says in verses 28 to 30, the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come, see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out to the city and came to him. Jesus changed her life by an act of true compassion. Church, let me tell you something about compassion. True compassion considers the plight of other people. True compassion doesn't criticize, and doesn't compete or compare. Why? Because the basis of true compassion is the love of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tells us about this type of love. And it says that love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth bears all things believes all things hopes all things and he deals all things compassion has been termed to be sympathy or pity by some it's termed to say that it's concerned for the suffering or the misfortunes of others sometimes compassion is defined as i feel your pain i'm sure you've heard that that saying before brother i hear you and i feel your pain now I think that involves compassion, but it's not compassion to its fullest degree, at least not the way that we read the Bible. merriam Webster's dictionary says that compassion, this is a great example of the great description of it, it says that compassion is the consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. It is the awareness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. Why is this important? Because when we look at the two words empathy and we look at compassion, empathy lets me know that I can feel the pain of others. Having compassion though is different. Having compassion is more than having a cognitive understanding of how they are feeling because the act of compassion is defined by its helping. The qualities of compassion involve wisdom, patience, kindness, perseverance qualities that seek out the best for other people. And the reason I mention that is because it's the qualities of love. Can we have empathy without compassion? Good question. Yes, you can, because you can be empathetic or have empathy for me, but all that means is that you feel my pain. But you need to understand, church, that empathy without compassion leaves you drained of energy because all you do is feel somebody else's pain and you don't do anything about it there are people that operate in empathy and what they do is they carry somebody else's pain or somebody else's burden but but that's all they do that's why i believe that compassion is much stronger because compassion leads you beyond feeling somebody else's pain and compassion for the true believer comes from the heart of god because he is a god of compassion You'll find in the Bible that compassion is what moved Jesus in ministry. Because not only did Jesus feel the moment and feel the pain and feel the need, but he also did something about it. Let me just give you a couple of scripture verses so that you can understand the basis of what I'm saying. In Mark chapter 1 verse 41, listen to what it says. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. In Luke chapter 7, when Jesus raises the son of the widow of Nain, it says in verse 13, When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said to her, Do not weep. then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. In Mark chapter 8, we know the story when Jesus had compassion on the multitude that had been following him for three days. And on that day, he fed 4,000 people because he felt the moment, he, he felt the need, he had compassion. In Matthew chapter 20, two blind men cry out to Jesus to be healed. And it says in verse 34 that Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight. And then they followed Him. Church, do you see the basis of all these scriptures? Do you see the basis of all these miracles? He was moved with compassion. He looked for the opportunity to do something about what other people were feeling. The story of the Good Samaritan, we all know it very well. The priest and the levite saw the man's condition but scripture says that it was the samaritan that had compassion the levite and the priest might have had some empathy towards the man we don't really know what they were feeling but it was the samaritan that not only felt the man's plight but also did something about it and you see this is so important when we look at our lives when and when we look at where we are going do we feel the moment Do we just feel good about something that God has placed in us? Do we only feel inspired to make a difference or do we see the opportunity to do something about what we're feeling? Because currently in our world, there's a lot of negativity and complaining about what we're experiencing. But church, I wanna ask you the question, what are we doing about it? There's a lot of injustice, there's a lot of pain and suffering out there, but what is the resolution? what are we doing that's going to bring about change because truthfully if we don't bring about change we're going to be discussing the same issues 10 years from now and we have done nothing but just talked about it second corinthians chapter 1 verse 3 says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercies and god of all comfort who comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which ourselves, we ourselves are comforted by God. There's a lot of comforting words right there. It almost sounds like a bit of a tongue twister. But Paul is saying that the God of comfort who has comforted you in your moment of calamity and trouble, in the manner that God brought you comfort, you take that comfort and comfort someone else who's going through their difficulties in life. You see, church... There's a point. There's a point where your experience of God moving in your life is turned to compassion for others. When it becomes more than just head knowledge. This woman at the well that we've been speaking about did not have textbook knowledge. She didn't have time to read the book. Right? She had a confrontation with Jesus. She wasn't able to learn the 12 steps of evangelism and get a certificate that says, now you're ready to conquer the world. From her one experience with Jesus Christ, at that very moment, she took off, she went to town and gave her first message. And that message came out of the experience that she had with Jesus Christ. I think sometimes we make biblical truth too difficult because we have so much teaching and so much training. It's almost like you can't do something until you're trained. And I want to say to you this morning, or this afternoon, church, evangelism is not so much a class that you take or procedures that you learn. But evangelism is to be an expression of spontaneity of how good God is. That God has forgiven you. And you have received the message of salvation. And you'll take off and say, if He can save me, guess what? He can save you. She didn't have textbook knowledge. She had a heart change Revelation. She took that experience that Christ revealed to her and she spread that message. And yes, church, there is a place for training, absolutely. But if your heart is not transformed and then moved with compassion for others, no amount of training will ever matter. Because people do not need to know how much knowledge you have of something you read. If somebody is on their last breath on a gurney of life they don't care about your textbook knowledge. They need somebody that when they speak, they speak of an experience about a God that they know, a God that they feel, and a God that they breathe. And a God that who's performed miracles in their life. And He's the same God that can perform a miracle in your life. Compassion Church brings hope to people because they can see the love of God in you. They can see the testimony of God in your life. Church, I strongly sense that if there's no compassion in our Christian journey, there cannot be lasting change because compassion is tied to hope. I want you to consider something this afternoon. As long as we crush what's already broken in people by our own prejudice and bias, there won't be any healing. Oftentimes, the enemy robs us of our healing power by robbing us of our compassion which is the precedence to miracles. Church, storm is raging. Waters are troubled. The the disciples thought they were going to die. They didn't challenge Jesus' power. Read it, Mark chapter 4. They didn't challenge Jesus' power. They didn't say, Jesus, where's your power? Jesus, call on your power. Jesus, do something. Mark chapter 4, verse 38, it says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing they didn't say to jesus show us your power what were they doing church they were tapping into Jesus' compassion because they understood that if there's no real compassion then there's no miracle why because compassion moves you to action compassion moves you to action What are we gonna do about Lazarus, Martha, Mary, the blind men, the lepers, those that need to be fed? Where are they? My heart is moved. I feel their pain. Let me do something about it. That's the heart of Jesus. And you see, church, we have to understand that we can build all the churches we want and we can decorate them with fine tapestry and have all the best technology. But if people cannot find a loving voice in those walls, They will leave the church. They will pass through and not be transformed. And that's when the understanding of this message and and compassion really hit me. It really impacted me because now when I'm thinking about vision and direction, I'm thinking about what type of people do we need to become to be able to welcome those that need transformation, that need hope, and need healing? How do we have to develop ourselves to become spiritually mature enough not to the place of being puffed up but spiritually mature enough to disciple new believers and lead them constantly to jesus so that they have the compassion of jesus to impact our world and you know it really made me think about the prophecies that have been spoken over our church that we would be a pool of bethesda that we would be a place of healing that we would be a lighthouse we would be the the light in this this dark world The vision of Frontline Church says that we will be a church that restores lives and transforms cities and nations. And what if one of the keys to making this happen is true compassion for others? Because many churches are praying for revival. Many churches are praying for the harvest to come in, but if true compassion is missing, will that church ever see these things taking place? And we need to ask ourselves the question, why will a world that is hurting and in pain come to a place that only has some empathy And I'm generalizing now about the church globally will come to a place that just has some, some empathy and then wants to entertain their socks off and then perhaps tell them how to live their lives but doesn't really get to the place of true compassion where God's power is demonstrated so that their lives are truly transformed. You see church, there is something interesting about pain pain has no prejudice it is often camouflaged behind the walls of success people wrestle with their secret pain but pain really is not prejudice it visits every home and this afternoon I want to tell you something church it's compassion that makes the difference because compassion not only feels it but compassion is believing God to do something about what people are going through what's happening in people's lives Or you could say it like this. Compassion is the transition from feeling to healing. Because genuine compassion towards other people provides an answer to their dilemma. Falsehood in leadership, on the other hand, does not empathize or have compassion towards people because the basis is, what can you do for me? Or what can you provide for me? The genuineness of leadership is the display and the quality of unconditional love. Unconditional love is the love of all people without reservation and without behaviors that I need something from you. So when you see Frontline Church where it says lives are restored and cities and nations are transformed, that means everyone matters. And that statement, church, is more difficult than we think because we will be proven on that point. Is that a reality in this house? Is that a reality where God leads us to make a difference? Is God's unconditional love flowing through our veins to the point of true compassion where lives are restored and and cities and nations are transformed? Something else we need to know about compassion, church, is that it has to be patient. It has to be patient. Why? Because salvation is immediate. But recovery is a process sanctification is a process and you have to be patient because god's working and not you because truthfully if i was doing the work we already would have lost you but thank god you're in the hands of a good surgeon who's patient in the process right coming back to the story of the good samaritan the samaritan took the bandages the wounds stopped the bleeding, poured the oil, the wine, and cleansed it. When he was finished, he took him to a place where he could recover, and he said on my way back, if there's anything else owing, I'll take care of whatever is left. Church, it's a process. We just need to be ready to take them through the process, and we have to be patient, patient, patient. Sometimes people get lost in the shuffle of church life because we think our obligation is just to get people saved. But you and I know very well that salvation is not as difficult as discipleship. Because in discipleship, people have to deal with the garbage of their former life. And they're now transitioning into their new life. It's a process, but when you come to Christ, what often happens is people say, well, you know, now that you're saved, all your problems will go away. And I'm like, when I got saved, I had more problems than I had before I got saved. Who knows what I'm talking about? Because now I've got to deal with everything that I've been through in my life. You've got to deal with life. You've got to deal with things like why was I left on someone's doorstep? Why is it that I don't know my parents? Why was I molested as a child? Why did I have to get a divorce? Why did I have to lose my child? Church, are you hearing me this this afternoon? Church, is Jesus real? Yes, He is. Has He saved you? Yes, He has. But now you've got to rummage through the garbage of your former life in order to understand who Jesus is. That is why the Bible says that everything you have been through is not all lost. But that God even rummages through the the bad stuff of your life and somehow he He brings purpose and He brings good because He brings healing to your soul and to your spirit. I hope you're saying amen right now. Church, we have to understand love that leads to compassion has to focus on people rather than things. People rather than things. You know, sometimes in ministry, people come. They come to you and they're just ready to die to their old life. And God raises them up, empowers them, and they're effective. And you've poured so much into the life and you have a miracle standing in front of you. And the moment that miracle takes place, they're like, Well, thank you. I'll feel led by the Lord to go somewhere else. If you've been in ministry long enough, you know what I'm talking about. But understand something, church ministry is about people. People, people, people. Despite how they react, despite whether they ever thank you, despite whether they ever return the favor. And your investment into people is noticed by heaven. And all that god is asking you and i to do is to deposit into people's lives the goodness and the love of god the results you leave to god church what an hour we find ourselves in the world right now perhaps something the church has never faced before but i want to encourage you today don't look at it as a bad moment look at it as a great moment Look at it as a great moment for God to show up, for God to move, and for God to do something miraculous. Let's not just feel the pain in this hour. But as a church, let us look to the answer to the pain out there and find solutions. The difference between empathy and compassion is action. It's the difference, church. It's the difference between being maintenance-minded and ministry-minded. And this morning, we have to ask ourselves. I have to ask myself as a leader, you have to ask yourself as a church, have we become maintenance-minded or are we still ministry-minded? And let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. You see, it's the difference between being a custodian of a fish tank and becoming fishers of men. We have to ask ourselves those questions as we go into 2021, as we start our corporate fast tomorrow as a church. What is God doing in our church? What is He doing in our lives? What is God doing in this world, and where do I need to make an impact? Have I become maintenance-minded, or am I ministry-minded? Because you know what the difference is, church? Maintenance-minded is just interested in maintaining. Ministry-minded is stepping out in faith and obedience and taking risks because you know what the power of God can do. Maintenance-minded is self-preservation, and ministry-minded looks to the preservation of others. When we become maintenance-minded, we don't even open up the blinds of our church because we have no intentions of looking out there because all the focus is in what's going on in here. Hello, church. Are you hearing me this morning, this afternoon? Excuse me. That's why it's so important for us to look outside the window, especially in a pandemic season because there are people to touch there are people to influence and there are people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and you may be thinking this afternoon well pastor hello how are we supposed to do that how are we supposed to do that when we can't even gather together as a church do you want to know how in this time of of fasting and prayer ask the Lord to give you a heart of compassion for others and believe me it will lead to action in some form. God will give you opportunities to minister to people you never dreamed of. And He will give you that supernatural grace and courage to do it. And you may say, Pastor, you know, I just don't know if I'm capable. I'm not ready for this. I'm dealing with my own stuff. I'm, I'm stretched to my capacity. And on that note, church, I want to close by reading you a quote from A.B. Simpson. A.B. Simpson. It's a wonderful illustration that he gives of our Christian journey and being used by God. He said, Being filled with the fullness of God is like a bottle in the ocean. You take the cork out of the bottle and sink it in the ocean, and you have the bottle completely full of ocean. The bottle is in the ocean, and the ocean is in the bottle. The ocean contains the bottle, but the bottle contains only a little bit of the ocean so it is with a christian we are filled unto fullness to the fullness of god but of course we cannot contain all of god because god contains us but we can have all of god that we can contain if we only knew it we could enlarge our vessel that bottle can contain the size of that bottle so if you want to contain more of the ocean in that bottle then you have to get a bigger bottle to contain more of the ocean And church, so it is with our lives. Is God in us? Yes, He is. Are we in God? Yes, we are. Is all of God in us? Yes and no. Is all of God in us? Right? God is in us, but is all of God in us? Not necessarily. You see, that's the journey that we're on. That is, we continue to press in. As we continue to grow and we continue to be stretched and expanded, we can contain more of God because His anointing and His power brings us and stretches us to that place. I want to challenge you this this afternoon, Frontline Church. There is still much to be done. And we have to let God be God in this house and let God stretch us at any point. And you know what? If you feel at any point that you don't have what it takes, guess what? That is a good place to be. Because it's when we find ourselves at the end of our rope, when we find ourselves at the end of of our own capabilities and we realize that we don't have what we need that's the moment when the miraculous power of God shows up and God says it's not about you it's about me working through you all he's asking of us is to be available because you see church a bottle that isn't thrown into the rough seas of life cannot be filled let alone be expanded church there is much to be done What an hour to be alive. What an hour to be a part of what God is doing in His church. And I want to say to you today that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. You just have to be available. And we need to look beyond ourselves with hearts of compassion and become the church that He's called you and I to be. We need to have a compassion that leads to action. May God bless you all with that, that word today. Would you please stand with us as we enter into a time of worship?